Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A very warm welcome to the Offside Rule. It's me, Kate Borsay, in the hot seat, joined by none other than journalist, reporter, voiceover rurrah, and occasional fire safety officer, Lindsay Hooper. <laughs> I don't think I can top you for energy, though, can I, after that Liverpool result? Hello. More on that in just a second, but let's not forget our second guest, subbing in for Hayley McQueen. It is commentator, reporter and martial arts expert, Robin <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolute <laughs> privilege and honour to be in the presence of such football royalty. Well, talking of football royalty, we are honoured, aren't we? Are. We feel like the kings and queens of football here in England <laughs> at the moment after those Champions League performances from both Liverpool and Spurs. I'm an emotional wreck. I'm I sweaty. I feel like I've onset the menopause early <laughs> because I haven't stopped being hot since Liverpool played the other night. What an amazing couple of days. I don't know how you felt being a fan of one of the teams because as a neutral, it was it was brilliant to watch. Absolutely. It was just... No, I felt I felt a bit jealous, actually, of Spurs and Liverpool fans because <laughs> it was incredible as a neutral, as you yeah. say, Lindsay. But to be a fan, I mean, that must have been an emotional roller coaster. It was insane, I have to say. And I was desperate to get to sleep because I had to be up at half past three the next morning. And obviously that all went out the window as uh, soon as Liverpool went 2-0 up. I was like, right, this is it. I've got to last this one out. And I, I did not regret getting about four and a half hours sleep at all. <laughs> the fact that I've not had my much more since just goes to reinforce my crazed state this morning so watch out podcast listeners I am liable to drop a few clangers give you a few moments of emotion maybe I'll break down in tears like Pochettino but you talking about that did anybody else when I saw Pochettino crying it made me start to well up I'm that sort of person if I see someone cry I get emotional if I see someone vomit I want to vomit that sort of thing (laughs) exactly the same I think my favourite tweet was someone comparing him to the father of a bride at a wedding yes. at about 2am you know about to tie his tie around his head just completely <laughs> emotional maybe slightly drunk it was just incredible <laughs> can we also pick up on the fact that in your intro for Robin you mentioned the martial arts yes which is true because people we glanced over that and people might think what that was a funny introduction but actually Robin you are a black belt aren't you I am indeed yes and so, so I'm, I'm going to mind myself here I'm yeah, right next to us you're today. less than half a metre away <laughs> it's alright I have short arms <laughs> uh, so, and relating this back to football mm, I hear no, this is intriguing. So we all, as women in football, get asked from time to time, have you ever had a situation where you've been treated unfairly when you've got to a football stadium or something like that? And I, once upon a time, turned up at Swansea and they tried to direct me to the kitchen. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my word. So, I, I, you know, you, you're turning up at the press entrance I mean, and they're like, but the I kitchen's this way. I know that you were way. reporting and you were obviously going to be working in the kitchen afterwards, obviously. But that's a little bit strong, isn't it, to send you to the kitchen first yes. before you'd done your and reporting And if anyone duties. knew my culinary skills, they'd <laughs> No, that's not where I belong. So, um, so Robin, I hear that once you walked up to to somewhere and there was a very big gentleman there, and he refused you access. Ooh. Is this right? I uh, can't remember ground? this. And that in your mind, you were thinking, "I could kill you with one move." <laughs> yes. yes. No, I think I do remember that actually. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a great psychological tool to have. Mm. If, if anyone sort of really annoys you or says something, you just think. I could kill you. <laughs> yes. And it's really reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit Robin Cowan now. when you I'm see her in a press box. Now. 
More on the Champions League later as Liverpool fans desperately try and replicate where they were on the 25th of May 2005. It's important to set everything in line, of course, for the final where they meet Spurs, who celebrate their first ever outing in the final of the Champions League. It was even enough, by the way, to eclipse the royal baby birth in my household. Lots of chat about that as well. Unconfirmed reports that Harry and Meghan gained inspiration from Scottish football legend Archie Gemmell for the naming (laughs) of their first son. You've both been watching Nuno become a doctor? We were both at the same match, weren't we, last Saturday? Yeah, that's right, last Saturday, the final home game of Wolves, and what a mm. celebration it was. Oh, and, and speaking of emotions, because obviously they are my team, mm. it, it was very difficult when the season we've had not to get wrapped up in that moment, because there was a lot pre-match, including this build-up. So I'd actually, earlier that week, been up to Molyneux Stadium to host the uh, University of Wolverhampton Sports Awards, where they told me that Nuno was going to be made a doctor at 2.30. So I knew that was coming, and I was in my place ready to watch and of course it gives you a little bit of banter to have with him doesn't it down the tunnel I was like hi Dr Nuno he went don't 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 (laughs) so modest I was wanting someone to ask him oh could you just take a look at this rash for me yeah (laughs) but it was incredible because I didn't know and he came out with the full regalia didn't he apart from the hat because they gave him the hat as part of the presentation but I was I was doing one I was like where's the hat where's the hat he didn't kind of wear his wolves tracksuit underneath the robes I think he did actually didn't he yeah I think he did (laughs) a little pair of trainers peeking out the bottom (laughs) yeah well congratulations to Dr Nuno of course of wolves for becoming a doctor but not of the medical kind (laughs) anyone know what he's a doctor of is it sport? Just doctor. I think he said uh, yeah, an honorary degree in oh, well, sport. Oh, that's a cop out, yeah. isn't it? For goodness sake. And also, this was at Molyneux. Now, I don't know whether you saw this part where all the media were parking at, at Molyneux. Probably not. On so I'm not very observant. Okay. <laughs> so I saw a car and I thought, Kate Borsay actually here has a personalised number, oh God, you number really plate. Sound like don't you such a tool. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> it was a 30th birthday present to my other half 10 years ago. And it just has, well, I'm not going to repeat it, no. but it basically has the letters K and D in it and then 30. Okay. So that it doesn't say like princess or something or like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, flash car driver. LFC. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Parked in the compound at Molyneux, I walked past a very interesting personalised number plate. Oh. Poofaloo. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Poofaloo. Poofaloo. Why would you, though? Why? I, I don't understand. I don't understand personalised number plates anyway, I have mm. to say. But that is to have a, That's another level. Have you always had beef with my number plate and never yeah, told me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness, really? Well, no, I mean, it was nice that it was for your 30th. Yeah. But I remember when you told me about it and I did think, hmm. Chav. <laughs> <laughs> We're reopening old wounds here. <laughs> how long we've known each other. It isn't. It is. It's the first I'm hearing about it today, Robin. <laughs> well, Lindsay, I think we should put those two pictures up on our Instagram account so people can see. And, and Twitter. We'll, we'll put it on Twitter. Well, yeah. As well. And then you can have a listening, seeing experience of us, which is brilliant. Um, our Instagram account, at Offside Rule Pod. It's the same for Twitter, so give us a follow on there. And don't forget to subscribe to the Offside Rule Podcast as well so you never miss an episode. All right, coming up today, a bit of a regal one, ladies, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to Sunday's finale, a Royal Rumble, if you will, in the Premier League title race and casting our eye over the Lioness squad picks for France featuring Prince Wills. Oh, yes, but there's only one place to start, right? That's it! History made at Anfield! Barcelona beaten! Liverpool triumphant! Messi mashed on Merseyside! Miracle! 
miracles do happen for Liverpool in Europe. It's glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! In the most amazing Champions League semi-final that most of us have ever seen. It's the comeback, Kings. Oh, yes, Champions League. Holy forking shirt balls. Thank you, Abby, for that. Liverpool, Tottenham, now I can proclaim them the comeback kings of Europe. Tottenham trailing 3-0 on aggregate at the break, only for Lucas Moura to complete a stunning hat-trick, winning in the 96th minute of the game. Liverpool 3-0 down against European Titans Barcelona going into Tuesday night's second leg to score four. And just like when you queue up for your favourite ice cream and the person in front of you buys the last one, they snatched it away from Barcelona to create an all-English final. Quick straw poll, Robin, Lindsay, which game was more memorable? Oh, that is very tough. I think just because it came second, the Spurs one, because you just thought, well, it's not going to happen again. We've seen Liverpool. But to have two in a row like that, and I think, in carrying on with your ice cream analogy, I think Barcelona just dropped theirs. Because <laughs> they, they completely capitulated. It was <laughs> unbelievable. Liverpool didn't even have to play very well. The goals were shocking, especially the corner kick. Obviously, it was fantastic, mm. Trent Alexander-Arnold. But I think Luis Suarez says he'd be upset if his little boys team conceded a goal like that. And he I actually think, came out and apologised, didn't, didn't he, afterwards absolutely. to Barcelona fans. Mm. Whereas the Ajax team, I still think they played pretty well, didn't they? But Spurs just absolutely I, overran them. I know what you mean, but I just think when you look back over time, over go through the history books, and you see that a team was trailing 3-0 to Barcelona in the first leg and managed to get through to that final by winning 4-0, preventing them scoring when they had Lionel Messi in the team. I think over history, I think this week, the the Spurs result probably is more lasting in our minds, but over history, I think the Liverpool result will be. Here's another one for you both. Robin Cowan, Lindsay Hooper. Would Spurs have happened, would that game have happened if Liverpool hadn't done what they did in their game the night before? Interestingly, Danny Rose, I was watching all the post-match interviews afterwards because I've just been completely enthralled in all of of the football this week, um, much to my other half's annoyance. So I've just been watching it for hours and in those post-match interviews eventually they uh, I think Des Kelly got Danny Rose over and Danny Rose said we watched Liverpool yesterday and that inspired us and he was the first one to say that but I think the Liverpool result probably did give them that confidence and belief that they could overturn that result. I agree yeah and actually I think Mauricio Pochettino said it himself didn't he? he said look we can do this I think what's what's also interesting is that obviously Liverpool were 3-0 down ahead of the the whole game yes, weren't they? Yes I agree Whereas with Tottenham it was only 1-0. You thought, well, that's all right. But at half-time, obviously, they were they were out completely. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about you've got nothing to lose here. Both sides had that feeling at different times. But they both delivered. Yeah, and if you pick one against the other, of course, Tottenham turned it around in a quicker amount of time, mm. didn't they, than Liverpool did. Well, that Spurs win poses so many questions for me. If Harry Kane is fit, would you now play him in the final? He looked pretty fit at the end, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did, and at half-time. <laughs> players from Ajax and Spurs covered between them a combined 232 kilometres of the pitch during that wow. game with 40 attempts on goal. And my other question, is Poch now the soppiest manager in the Premier League? For the people that support us in that moment, it's, it's amazing to, to reward them. Thank you, and we need to be ready now 
for the next game Sunday and, and then to prepare the, the final Madrid. Yes, and I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Well, you're lucky that that's audio and I'm not watching him visually again, so otherwise I'd <laughs> you're start. You're going to break into tears, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, I would. Do you know what? Quickly, I am like that so much. If I see the cheesiest, most rubbish, and I'm talking like a Danielle Steele film remake that's on a Sunday afternoon at two o'clock, <laughs> I'm blubbing. Blubbering Rex, that's what we'd all be. Just picking up on your earlier question that you posed, because I'm, I'm a neat person. I like to answer anything that you've put forward. Thank you. Thank so you. you asked about whether, you know, Harry Kane should play in the final. And of course, if he's fit, I, I would say that he he will do. What I wanted to say is an observation of Lucas Moura and what a stunning hat trick, by the way. I loved how he got the ball under his top as if he was pregnant like our Hayley McQueen, <laughs> carrying it <laughs> around. I know. Um, but... I thought that his footwork and under the pressure that he was under yes. in that semi-final was exquisite. The mm. second goal in particular, that ball was stuck to his feet and, and de- the defenders just could not get it away from him. I know that the ball had been spilled out, but that goal in particular was so impressive. Mm. And, and I found that over the two legs with these English teams, and I wonder whether that's a reflection of the standard in the Premier League now. Because either in the Liverpool match as well, I felt that Jeannie Wijnaldum, again, another unsung hero I suppose going throughout the whole season but his footwork was exquisite as well you know when people can play and the ball looked like it is glued to the side yes, of their foot there was something about there's something them. magical about yeah. that and we always talk about it with Messi and we wax lyrical about it yeah. and nobody would say or oh, Lucas Moura or Jeannie Wijnaldum but actually they deserve so much credit for it. Was Lucas Moura an unexpected hero for you Robin? He was a little bit although actually it's been pointed out he scored a lot of big goals this season so Yes, unexpected. I guess we all thought that, you know, Son was coming back. The whole narrative was around Son because he was suspended for the Mm. first leg and he actually had a pretty ineffective game Mm. for him anyway. So, yeah, I I think he was slightly unexpected. But, yeah, I completely agree with you, Lindsay. We kind of associate technical ability with only some players and I think it's actually more widespread than you think and also I think we only in the past have associated it with European in particular Spanish teams Mm. and you know to see two English teams an all English final producing that sort of quality I I really was proud I was proud as an English Premier League stalwart that loves the league and and has covered it for many years like Robin and yourself and I think it just makes you proud that this is the football that's on our doorstep it's here we're watching it every week well Mora was the last player that Spurs bought in January last Last year. Wow. Yes. That's, that is a pretty insane fact, isn't it? A bit of reaction on that game. Mateus De Ligt said, it's a nightmare, like a dream. He said, it's a nightmare, like a dream. We played well in the first half. Mm. We had it all our way. We didn't keep up the same pressure in the second half. We gave silly goals away. We were so close. Uh, Henry Winter, Maurizio Potocino was breathing heavily. He said, absolutely drained. His jacket discarded, his tie loosened and ripped off. <laughs> this is what football does to people. It shreds the emotions and clothes. You have to feel for Ajax, don't you? Those scenes after Lucas Moura's goal went in just absolutely polaxed on the floor, weren't they? They were. Well, James Ollie, who works for the Evening Standard, he's on Twitter. He managed to get a photograph from where his viewpoint was and it was just after Lucas Moura had scored that goal in the 96th minute and you see three players flat out on the deck, I think at least three. <laughs> you see Maurizio Pochettino on the floor in the bottom right-hand corner. This is just a normal phone photograph mm, but it just sums wonderful. up... Yeah, it sums up the occasion so much. <laughs> Pochettino Robin said, just casually, just threw it in there in his press conference before the game, that if they were to win the whole thing, mm. the Champions League, he would just leave. Yeah, I'm not sure how to take that, really. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it's, it was it's, a bit odd. It is interesting, isn't it? Because actually, in football, you 
So few stories for managers in particular end well, don't they? You've got Sir Alex Ferguson, you could argue, well, he won the title and then left. Great ending for him, but most of them end in disaster, you know, humiliation, that sort of thing. And actually, possibly if they did win the Champions League and he left, his legacy is completely spotless then, isn't it, really? I so, suppose so. But, but he, he, made made a he made a mistake, though. You know, he declared this prior to the match, so... That is not going to be the team talk that the Spurs players need because I imagine they want him to stay around for quite a while. So if they're taking that seriously, uh, maybe uh, Harry Kane will come on, but only half fit, um, <laughs> half swing at something and never, ever be well, on target. Apparently, Harry Kane had a real pop at the players at half time. Uh, you know, he had a real, real go. And and one of the team were just saying uh, that, 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 that he absolutely put the rocket up them. And that's how important it is, I guess, to have Harry Kane still with the team, travelling with the team in that situation and how impressive and what influence he has even though they've not arguably enough. performed really well without him he's still so central not enough influence though to deliver the message that Steph Horton had been selected as the Lionesses captain one England captain to another anyone else a bit aggrieved about that? well she Prince did get William. Prince William pa- no uh, more on that in just a second uh, <laughs> let's talk Liverpool stand up Divock Origi he's the hero of Merseyside the new Vladimir Smisa well perhaps not really uh, but so much better than Vladimir Smisa uh, Jonathan Liu for the Independent wrote uh, this is Liverpool's gift to rip up what you thought you knew about football and footballers to take you mentally and physically to a place you don't know and never wanted to go uh, the corner of shame was how that Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, corner was described by Spanish paper El Mundo and Barcelona were pathetic, wrote the author Juan Cruz, as if the only thing in their heads was like a monkey hitting a drum, like in The Simpsons, possessed by ineptitude, shame marking every goal, a soulless team led by no one. I want us to get behind the campaign that is gathering a little momentum. I saw it on the Daily Mail. I retweeted it myself. I'm sure you'll have seen to get the ball boy tickets to the final because the ball boy without that boy. They Honestly, he was as much of a part of that as Trent Alexander-Arnold and Origi was. Uh, his quick thinking was brilliant. And I thought that straight away because how many matches have you been at? Um, when, we're, when we're doing Premier League productions and we're, we're doing the interviews around the world, often we get a seat right near to the bench. So I hear the managers quite a lot and they are always <laughs> lambasting the ball boys. <laughs> Can you can you move quickly? I mean, Neil Warnock at Cardiff. I thought he was going to burst a blood vessel at one of the the poor ball boys recently, because they were so languid and slow at, at returning the ball, even if they were the home team. And to see that that is how to be a ball boy or girl. <laughs> that is the absolute peak ball boy, isn't it? Yeah. That needs to go straight in the ball boy instruction manual, right? Or uh, ball girl, yes. Ball girl, yes. Ball person. One of my favourite bits was when Adam's second goal, and someone just simply wrote on Twitter like a salmon (laughs) which I thought was amazing great great header apparently Klopp said to the players beforehand this is impossible but with you it's possible how does he get it so right I mean he is the ultimate man manager right that is the quote isn't it I mean speaking of blubbing when I heard that I was gone (laughs) honestly it's just it's just perfect man management isn't it that's the thing when you say about man management it's both of these managers it's Jurgen Klopp it's Mauricio Pochettino they are both so good at it that that arm round shoulder that you know one-on-one time I was also reading about the fact that Pochettino spent so much time with Deli Alley one-on-one was it on the bench or in the dugout I think uh, post-match just having a chat with and, and he literally goes round one by one and mm. they both do that so it's going to be really hard to separate for the final because they are both kings 
both kings. They certainly are. All right, predictions. June the 1st, Madrid. Who is going to do it, Robin Cowan? I think Liverpool will go in as favourites, won't they? But I think the fact that Spurs have managed to turn this around, and it's a good long while, isn't it? So they'll have a rest. They might get a few players back. It's going to be really tough to call, but I think just because Liverpool, they have better strength and depth, don't they? they might, they'll have Mo Salah back. This is the other thing. They did this without Mo Salah and yes. Firmino. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think they, they might edge it. But you never know because Mauricio Pochettino has shown that he can pull something yes. out of the bag. I've done calculations for this. Oh, There's actually like to give you some logic to what I'm going to say. On, go on. If you look back over this season, uh, Liverpool have beaten Spurs twice, 2-1. Add in that extra special factor, it's the Champions League final, you double it, 4-2, Liverpool are going to win. Okay, all right, so there you go. We need to write that down somewhere. 4-2 win for Liverpool. Very forensic. Says Lindsay (laughs) By the way, we're going to be in France, Robin. Robin and I will be in France when this is happening. So will I. And I'm, I'm, I'm desperate, of course, to try and get a ticket to go to Madrid. I'm in France and I'm thinking I've got a much better chance of travelling from Toulouse or Bordeaux, where I'll be near, to get... Do you want to come to us and watch it all together? Out in France. Where are to be you then? <laughs> yes, I think, I think I might choose being there over spending it with you. Uh, much as I well, love you. <laughs> much as I love you. This is the Offside Rule from Money Knees Media. All right, another team looking for glory next, this time on the global stage. Arise the Lionesses. On Wednesday, this is how we found out who was in the squad. It gives me great pleasure to be able to announce that England's defensive rock and captain, Steph Horton, will be on the plane to France. Carly Telford. Curran Bardley. Tony Duggan. Jay Moore. Ellen White. Rachel Daly. Fran Kirby. Nikita Paris. Alex Greenwood. It's you, Jill Scott. Emily Bright. Stan Stanley. Leah Williamson. Beth Mead. Josie Taylor. Lucy Staniforth. Mary Earps. Lucy Barnes. I know you and the team will do the nation proud. Good luck. So the England squad there announced by 23 celebrity fans, according to the Lionesses Twitter account. Special shout out to Demi Stokes, who suffered a silent Emma Watson announcement, which doesn't work very well in the audio, obviously. And Kira Walsh, who was masked by music from Monkey. Who? Monkey. I'm getting acquainted. Monkey started following me on Instagram, so I follow back, so I'm getting acquainted now. I, I had a total birth moment about that by the way and if you weren't listening last week to have a buff moment is just when you don't know who they are mm. so uh, how many moments did you have watching these videos <laughs> I had a few buff moments yes. <laughs> you're going to find out how out of touch we are when you ask me who would be your dream celebrity announcer that's when you're going to find out <laughs> okay but what is it Attenborough <laughs> Uh, Jordan Pickford announcing goalkeeper Karen Bardsley. Clearly reading off a piece of paper, Jordan. Honestly. <laughs> you cannot remember a, that's the, the amount of words saying Karen Bardsley, you're going to the World Cup. few <laughs> words. And with all the talk of a rule, baby, what a relief to hear Uncle William say, England's defensive rock in such a posh way. I've, I've, I've never heard defensive rock said in so posh a manner before. See, I think it was nice to hear from Prince William, but just to... <laughs> you know, labour the point that I made earlier. I I actually think it would have been nice for him to just give a general message 
to the team of good luck in France. You know, now you know who's in the team at the You've end. Really got beat. Harry Kane should have done it. He's the captain. He's the men's England captain. You've got Raheem Sterling doing one. You've got like former captain David Beckham doing one. We want the current captain. Surely he should have done one, Harry Kane. Yeah, it's a nice idea because I like the fact that uh, Jordan Pickford's sort of passed the baton over to Karen Barsley, although we're not absolutely sure she's going to the gloves. The gloves yes, oh, she's going to be the number one. We're not sure. But I was speaking to someone yesterday and they actually felt a bit uncomfortable. I don't know if uncomfortable is the right word, but they felt actually having the male players deliver it to the female players Ooh. perhaps could see as a bit Ooh. undermining. Really? Yeah. That's, no, I don't, I don't I disa- see why. I disagreed because actually when, yeah. you, when you think back to when the male team was announced, it was announced by kids, wasn't it? Yeah. From all their different, yes. um, where they came from. Yes. So no, I thought that was all right. And I think because they performed, the men performed so brilliantly at the World Cup, it's almost, as they say, passing the, the baton mm. over. And let's face it, the men's team could afford to have kids telling them because it didn't matter about their social reach. But as Phil Neville pointed out in the press conference, I think it's something like 180 million people potentially have been reached by those people yes. who announced. So it is about spreading the word. And from that point of view, I applaud it. And I think it's brilliant. And we just take it in the jest and the fun that it was meant to be. Mm. Yeah, Ellie Goulding, Dan Walker, Nick Bright, Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, David Beckham. Wouldn't you have loved yes. to be the David Beckham? I think Nikki to Paris got, she lucked out, didn't so she? Lucky, Nikki, <laughs> so who would be your ideal announcer, Robin? Do you know what? It was one of the people who did it for the England squad. Oh, yeah. Alan Shearer. Really? Oh. He was my idol really? growing up. Yeah, I had it because I'm from Oxford. I didn't have any affiliation with Newcastle. <laughs> but I had Newcastle brown ale shirt when I was seven, eight years old, Shearer on the back. Do you know what? Newcastle was trendy. If you're about the same age as me, mm. New- it was trendy to support Newcastle. The whole brown ale thing yeah. was actually a thing. Mm. I think I didn't didn't W. H. Smith even produce like binders and pencil cases, which is I when you know did. it's a trend. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, so Lou- we were buying beer, pencil cases, and folders, <laughs> taking them to school, going to primary our, school, for <laughs> our academic studies at the age of seven. So Lucy Staniforth got Alan Shearer, and I'm well gel. That's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> so my one, I only had a conversation with a makeup artist this week about these pair. It would have to be Kylie and Jason together, oh, wow. and if they could sing, <laughs> especially for you. <laughs> Whilst delivering, <gasps> how the about news. especially for hoops? <laughs> I, I would love it. I was the biggest. To, to you, <laughs> you're in the England team at number two. Oh wow! Number two. Right no, back? No, no, I wasn't a right back. I was midfielder. It was the only thing that rhymed with you. Yeah, okay. okay. But <laughs> I have 22. to say that they are still to this day a couple of celebrities that I would get really starstruck by because I don't really get that. I think most people that I've met and I thought that I was going to have it with, I didn't, like, take that, met take that once. And I thought because I was 13 and had them on my wall, I might get a little butterfly. But I didn't because they really faded by then and I'd grown up. But because Kylie and Jason, when it's when it's your child childhood, you know, when you're five, six, and that is what you live and breathe, I used to watch Neighbours on repeat on VHS, mm. recreate the scenes with my Barbie and Ken. God, the I wedding used to do scene. that with my oh. sisters. We oh used to recreate. And we used to write our own as well. Yeah. <laughs> it was so sad. Bedspreads, pillows. I had a Kylie pillow I slept with. You must have, because I'm about, well, around five years older than you. And I, I have to say, it didn't quite hit me in that way. But my favourite bit was when Jane had the transformation. Do you remember Mike and Jane? <laughs> that was Guy, the Australian actor Guy. Yeah. What's his face? Pierce. Pierce. And when Jane had her transformation from specky schoolgirl, because I used to wear specs, <laughs> into... Glad- 
and I still remember the outfit. She had we a white lost dress. So and many red of belt. our younger listeners right now, they are like, "What on earth are they look talking about?" Up. But look, look, up. look up the wedding scene between Scott and Charlene on Neighbours, yes. and just know that I watched it probably a thousand focus. times. Um, <laughs> and if that could have been delivered, that I was yeah. also going to be playing for England. Wow, that wow, would have been every box awesome. ticked. Uh, well, I would have had no surprises, Jurgen Klopp, but because <laughs> he wouldn't do something for you like that without truly meaning every word. Are you saying Kylie and Jason wouldn't? Because I think you find they would. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the team. Happy with the choices, the obvious omissions. Farrah Williams, uh, Izzy Christiansen, Wolfsburg's Mary Earps. Uh, she was handed that third goalkeeper spot, which was a bit of a contentious one, taking that ahead of uh, Man City's Ellie Roebuck. And no place for US-born Orlando Pride forward Chioma Ubergagu. Farrah Williams, let's, let's talk about that one first. I know that she wouldn't have got that much game time now in the twilight of her career, but I think there is an argument that in that dressing room, she is technically very astute as well and very good football brain. I think she would have added something by being there. I agree. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you don't want to put someone on the plane if you know they're not going to play much. But I agree, her experience would be valuable. And I think particularly in that midfield, we've lost Jordan Nobbs. That's just such a huge, huge blow. And I'm just worried a little bit about the midfield. That's the only thing. Although having said that, Jade Moore, who I'm so pleased is going, was unbelievable in the last game against Spain. Absolutely brilliant. So she'll be that rock. But I agree, I think they could use Farrah Williams just being around in and around mm. the dressing room couldn't yeah. they and I think Izzy Christensen you accept I mean she's a very talented player but she's been coming back from a, a problem and isn't quite there hasn't quite got the, the game time in either and, and when you look at the selections that Phil Neville has made it has been on recent form and recent performances so I think she would accept that you know that's just a little but bit like Jordan Nobbs I have to butt in here and say that one of our fellow journo friends has spent some time with Izzy and I think she was pretty much Fit. She Bill was, Neville did say she's yeah. fit, but he basically lack said lack of game time and the other the other midfielders have performed better. That's Do you know what, what though? Said. Izzy moved into St George's Park to get herself fit for this. She locked stock and barrel, mm. took this so seriously. So I do feel really gutted for her mm. because because she's there in fitness, but obviously not in game time. But I just wonder if she continues to keep fighting, to keep improving. Oh, there's her plenty fitness. more tournaments ahead for her. Yeah, and you would don't she know... be on the reserve list though? I think or... she is. Yeah. Did he say yeah. there was seven players or something? Thirteen on the... players on that reserve list. Any other surprise selections? Um, I agree that Jade Moore, this is this will be a great tournament. She is such an underrated mm. player, Robin. She really is. And when you look at, at her performance against Spain in the recent warm-up game, I think she will be she will absolutely come into her own. Jodie Taylor, what about Jodie's inclusion? I mean, she was fantastic in the last World Cup, a real breakout star. Yeah. And then she got the golden boot, didn't she? At, 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 the, the at the Euros. I mean, I just think you you need to bring her because she's an absolute she's a finisher, but not only that. When I saw at the She Believes Cup, she set up two goals in the game against Japan. So she's pretty much an all-round player. Mm. Her fitness has always been an issue throughout her career. But that's the thing, actually, looking at the squad, out-and-out strikers, it's just Jodie Taylor and Ellen White, really. The rest Mm. sort of play wide. So there's not an awful lot of choice there. No, I think the most closely contested position, though, was the decision between Abby McManus or Gemma Bonner. And I think that would have been the most difficult one for Phil Neville to make. Gemma Bonner's now, you know, 27. She might get another crack at one more World Cup, but I I did feel for her. And she's captain material as well, a leader. Yeah, I just think that, particularly that centre-half position, we are so strong there, aren't we? And I think Mm. Abby McManus, in terms of playing for England, 
whenever she's played under Phil Neville, she's not really put a foot wrong. No, so I think true. that's the difference. Great to see Leah Williamson in there yes. as well. You know, mm. so, so talented and a young player. So she'll be certainly one to look out for, one to watch, one to inspire mm. the younger generation and also Beth Mead as well. And a, a couple of names that have missed out that I just wanted to give a particular mention to from watching WSL this year, Beth England oh, yes. and yeah. Ellie Roebuck. I, I think both of those... Ellie Roebuck's can... actually played more WSL games than Karen Bardsley. They play for the same team. But I just think she's 19. She's got actually another, another one who's yeah. gonna, she's going to be in number one, I'm sure, in the next few years. Both of those players missing out. Finally, Lucy Bronze. She's in with the defenders. Do we assume that Phil Neville's experiment of playing her in midfield is now over? Not sure, really. I mean, I think she might play there in an emergency. It's certainly not her best position, is it? I think it's just because she's so athletic that she she could play pretty much anywhere. But right back, she's the best in the world. world. She is the best in the world, but not a bad backup having Rachel Daly as well there. And Rachel, did anybody see that clip with Marta where she nearly stabbed Rachel Daly's foot with a corner flag? No. You've not seen that yet. It is unreal. This is Marta, the best player that we've ever known in the women's game. Looked like she really threw her toys out the pram as she was like stabbing this corner flag in and nearly got Rachel Daly's foot. So we, we very nearly didn't have her in the team. <laughs> Impaled um, on the how, turf. How realistic is the chance of England bringing it home? It's really hard because as a someone who was born and raised in England, it's so hard to <laughs> battle against the ingrained pessimism, isn't it? Especially when it comes to football. So you're always a bit tentative. But I think semi-finals at the very least from this team. I think semi-finals. I actually, I'm going to give a caveat to this because I know that. Oh, Lindsay! I, I mean, <laughs> can you not just stand by it? I, no, I'm going to give a caveat in the sense of I will stand firm on what I say, but okay. it's because it's slightly disappointing news because I'm going to say fourth, right? Okay. But the reason is that although I think the standard of WSL of uh, English players uh, has gone through the roof, I think we've really ignored how many other countries have improved have also drastically. I totally agree. And I think there will be a surprise. I think there will be a surprise team in those semi-finals, yep. but I think we will not get the, the third place that we did last time because of that. Uh, there's going to be a Women's World Cup show, by the way, from the offside rule. You'll get to hear that from June onwards. We're so excited. We'll be doing some previews. Lindsay, you're going to be out there. Uh, Robin, you're going to be out there as well. Yes. And your first game's China. China against Germany. So <laughs> Good luck with those names. Yeah, thanks for that. I, I'm going to be fine, <laughs> I'm sure. Have you started already? Yes, it's going to take at least a month. <laughs> Cement those in, please do. Scotland, let's not forget, make their first World Cup appearance. It's exciting to see four debutants, Scotland among them, out in France. And I'm feeling a bit miffed because they've got a World Cup song already. Listen to this. <laughs> No mistaking who that song's about. Uh, written by singer-songwriter Linny Carson and she teamed up with Scottish singer Horse. Well, I don't think you should be miffed at all by that. You said where's that I'm song? miffed by this. Well, well, they took the initiative and they made true. one. Where's, where's the true. England supporters that are doing it? Shall we make one? <laughs> <laughs> they, they won't want that, Lindsay. <laughs> no. Might Based be... on my history of singing on this podcast, I suggest no. Maybe you could get your friend Buff or, um, friend or I can Buff. try and get... What was monkey? monkey. monkey. <laughs> Your new best friend. Um, it's not all about the Women's World Cup in the women's game, of course. Last weekend saw the Women's FA Cup final, a 3 0 win for Manchester City over West Ham. I took my daughter and her friend. Look, it was quite chilly. 
They definitely wanted a hot chocolate at halftime. Her friend was brilliant, Scarlett. Uh, Molly sat there for most of the game and actually paid more attention than last year. And, you know, this is... I, I can't force it on her, can You're I? You're trying. But she's not the biggest football fan, okay? <laughs> She isn't, but we're trying. Between us, Auntie Lynn's and you Kate. You will watch this. <laughs> this is it. But can I just say, I really miss being there with you because we've always gone to the FA yeah. Cup final together, haven't we? And then the clash with the men's games, obviously our sort of day job as well of, of, of covering the Premier League. So we were both at Molyneux yeah. of course I really miss not being there and I really hope that next year it doesn't clash like that well let's hear from a couple of the players who were involved in that game in a moment the victorious Jill Scott from Man City but first West Ham's Claire Rafferty maybe our inexperience um, our inability to manage the game a little bit better than, a little bit better than we should have but yeah I mean no one expected us to be there in the first season so we can take positives from that I think just at the end of it you're just kind of relieved that you've got your hands on the trophy so I'm so happy this these past couple of days I've been like an excited child to be honest just being here at Wembley playing at this fantastic ground and then topping it off with the win in front of all your family and friends it's just a fantastic day for everyone well, thanks to the Offside Rules, Tom Dean, for grabbing those interviews for us. Bringing it back to the Lionesses, if you live in the South or are near or can travel, get yourselves to the Amex on Saturday the 1st of June. One o'clock, Phil Neville's team taking on New Zealand. £10 for adults, a pound for over 65s and under 21s. Uh, a great way to build up to the Champions League final in the men's game, of course. All right, up next, uh, we're going to ready ourselves for the final battle of the Premier League season. Hello, I'm Caroline Barker and you can find me on the Totally Football League show. And this week we're talking this. It's not better than someone in the bushes, like. <laughs> no, Can't no. be. <laughs> this. No, I would argue that Derek Adams and Kevin Bond maybe um, didn't stay cool ahead of the weekend games. And this. Love going to Sheffield United. It's one of the best noises you hear outside the Premier League. Is that generic enough for you? That's the Totally Football League show with this. Available every Tuesday. Just hit subscribe and download on your preferred podcast app to listen to more of our dulcet tones. One more match to go. Two teams fighting it out for the title. One point separating them, Manchester City and Liverpool. It's less of a race with both sides winning, but every Liverpool fan will be praying for City to drop points against Brighton, whilst Liverpool have the trickier task of taking on Lindsay Hooper's Wolves. Woo-hoo! Although Wolves have got nothing to play for, no, right? So we have seventh place. I don't know whether we covered this in this podcast yet. We have seventh place. It's been confirmed, which is good news. <laughs> which is good news for you, Kate, <laughs> and all Liverpool fans. And also, I so in the the post match area last week, mm. Connor Cody came out and oh, it's a big Liverpool fan. Big isn't Liverpool he? fan. So my final question was, you know, your boyhood club you're going up against next. How are you feeling about that and potentially having a say in where the title goes? And he, of course, was batting me back with the very professional line of, we're going to take this seriously. We're going to go for it. But you could just sense a little bit of, if this is mm. confirmed and we've got seventh, maybe we don't need to as much. Title race. Tell me what your thoughts are. I was so certain after Vincent Company's goal. That is it. Ooh, Done yes. and dusted. Goodbye. Good night, everyone. Manchester City are going to win the title because Brighton, they're safe. They've really been pretty poor the last few weeks and I can't see Manchester City not beating them. But after that Champions League game with Liverpool, I just think it might something might happen. 
I don't think so because, as you say, Wolves. I think Wolves will give them a game. Yeah, Wolves' record against the top six is unbelievable. Yeah, I think it goes out the window for this though. I can honestly see Liverpool off the back of the confidence of that result this week as well, just feeling invincible. Yeah. You're going to yes. have that feeling of I don't care who we take on, we'll take on the world. But it's less about Liverpool yeah. and more about City. Yes. So exactly what you're saying because I think Liverpool they could end up winning four nil, four one against mm. Wolves. But City will do the yeah. same. And I, I can't see City not getting two or three goals. The only thing is, if Brighton put in a sort of performance like they did, was it against Wolves? Yes. When they, they drew but, but nil, we, nil Yeah, but we were on top in that. We should have definitely won that but game. But if they managed to ride their luck like that, I mean, that's going to have to be the result, isn't it? It's going to be a nil-nil. Well, maybe that's what comes into play here, Lady Luck. You know, if, if City are dominating but hitting the post, mm. you know, maybe you just have a, a day where the goalkeeper's making save after save. Yeah. Well, if as- Matt Ryan has one of those days, then... Maybe it just comes down to that. Well, as we savour, of course, the last taste of Premier League football this season, players that have gone under the radar, who do we need to give a shout out to at this point in the season? Uh, for me, I've got a couple. My favourite one is uh, Luka Milivojevic from Crystal Palace. You got that one as well. <laughs> uh, I just pointed to it on my back. He has played every single minute of the Premier League this season. Awesome. He's got 19 Premier League penalties scored since he joined 18 months ago, 10 this season. It's just the perfect combination, isn't it? Wilfred Zaha wins the penalties, he sticks them away. <laughs> Mr. Reliable. Exactly. My other one is Mikel Antonio, purely for his celebrations. And I'm at Watford against West Ham on the final day, oh, and I can't are. wait, if he scores, to see what he pulls out the bag. <laughs> there is something between Robin and I here in terms of uh, thinking, because who have I got written down there? Antonio, West Ham. Well. But you've got about 20 others I have got well. other ones. Do you want me to like whistle through who I've got on other teams? Give me five. Uh, Bolly at Wolves, who I think goes... You know, you talk about defenders, he goes unnoticed sometimes. Toby Alderweireld, Spurs. Yeah. You know, so much was made of him about two or three seasons ago don't really talk about him as much I think he's been a stalwart Iwobi at Arsenal has been their standout player for me McTominay at Man United sums up Man United and when I've seen them this season he has been one of the standout players Uh, Ricardo at Leicester I'm going to give a mention to Ake and Zuma at Bournemouth Mm. I'm I'm really favouring defenders here but I think they go (laughs) under the radar anyway and let's finish off with the top two I'm going to say in terms of all the plaudits and everyone who over the course of the season has either won a player of the match or had a great match report, how about these as ones that go a little unnoticed? Laporte at Man City, yep. Zinchenko, who I think has been a fabulous Amazing. addition. And at Liverpool, they're starting to get more now off the back of this week, but Wijnaldum and Henderson. Yeah, yeah. thank you for giving me five, by the way, Lindsay. Uh, where are you going to be on the last day of the season? I'm at Palace versus Bournemouth. So hopefully seeing exactly what Robin told you up as the hearting of yes. Milivojevic to just score another penalty. And Robin, you mentioned you're at Watford. Yeah, Watford against West Ham. Um, so yeah, not, <laughs> not not the game of the day, but uh, hopefully the wood goals. Oh, I will be watching this one closely, I can tell you. Okay, let's move on to a very brief any other business. First things first, I think after last week's shocker, I found us a new theme tune. You ready? Yeah. Brilliant. Is that going to be our new any other business theme tune? Maybe not. Maybe maybe I'll have to try out a few. Robin, <laughs> what do you jingle. think of that for Love it. quality? Love it. I mean, it's going to be in my head now for the rest of the day. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, how could we nearly have met Michael Douglas? I can't believe this. So you may have remembered that we were harping on about voting for us in the Webby Awards. So we didn't make it to the final, which would have been in, was it New York? Yes. Yeah. New York. 
Newark. What, what Newark. coffee? <laughs> I'm trying my best. Coffee. I'm really awful at accents. Anyway, we could have been going out to New York and we got an email this week, which I'm sure you got the same, saying that Michael Douglas is being honoured and we could have met Michael Douglas. So I sent a message on the group saying we were so close to meeting him. But there is a story to Michael Douglas that my best friend will appreciate because once we went to a charity do and you know when they do, especially when you go to sports dinners and auctions and they have signed pictures of people the most inappropriate picture of Michael <laughs> Douglas was there that just made us laugh what and howl. It, it was a it was a screenshot of him in basic instinct when he looked <gasps> you know which one I'm talking about. And it was signed of him like that. We couldn't believe it <laughs> was being given away. chose that one. <laughs> we couldn't believe it was being given away. And when I saw how close we were getting to him, I thought I wish I bought it. I could have presented <laughs> him with it in New York. <laughs> Uh, Robin, anything to shout about this week? Oh, but apart I can't from, really top that. No, but can I just raise a little CV query here? Lindsay Hooper tells me that you were a trainee solicitor. Yes, Why? for about one day. Okay. <laughs> completed a law degree, went back to do the solicitor's training course. But by that time, I'd completed a summer scheme at my local radio station. And I just thought, this is not for me. <laughs> the rest is history. And there we go, yeah didn't go down too well with the parents I'm going to be honest but it's all worked out in the end well I can top you I spent one day selling t-shirts and mugs in the Trocadero Centre on Piccadilly Circus <laughs> with people's personalised pictures on them there we go one, one day, day I lasted wow. it was a brutal wow. world of sales that I did not want to get into speaking of brutal world before we let Robin leave us being a commentator there's only yourself really and Vicky Sparks and Jackie Oatley that, mm-hmm. that commentate regular and in terms of regular female voices yes. that we, we get to hear first of all match of the day did you get the quivers the first time absolutely yeah I mean because it's such an institution it was it's just crazy and it's such an honor and a privilege and to be fair to the BBC they've me and Vicky in particular because we've come up together they've really nurtured us and kind of eased us in then throw us in Mm. and we're doing it every week because I couldn't handle that because it's quite stressful and did it help you having each other was that was that a ploy to make sure that you I think so yes so the pressure is taken off it's not just on one of us so it's been it's been brilliant and yeah and like like, just like with everything practice 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 every time I do it I feel more confident so yeah it's been great lovely I love I love hearing you I really really like that and I look, look forward to hearing much more of you throughout the summer at the Women's World Cup as well. Well, that's it for another Offside Rule. Please do hit subscribe on your various devices to make sure you get each episode as soon as it's launched. That's every Friday morning, by the way. Give us a five-star review, please, on Apple Podcasts. Lindsay Hooper, it's over to you today to tell us how. What you have to do, just in my best Hayley McQueen, is you have to just hit the last star. (laughs) So we want five stars. We want a nice little comment. I think we got another new one this week. Abby's nodding her head. Yes, uh, we have this from The Yes Game. Only been listening a few weeks but now one of my favourite podcasts covers all aspects of football giving most attention to whatever needs it that week can it be longer though an hour it probably will be this week (laughs) it probably will be in the meantime be sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram it's at Offside Rule Pod for both check out the website too OffsideRulePodcast.com for all our latest articles amusing and there's stuff going up by the way previews going up for the Women's World Cup there as well as us of course rounding up the end of the season in the various leagues Uh, Lindsay Hooper thank you very much I'll see you in a couple of weeks Robin Cowan I think this has been a sensational debut for you you. well you know, it's only as good as your teammates, you know. Oh, well, we will have you back anytime. Thanks, both. Thank you. Bye. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com.
Social Podcast Network.